Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages. Alrighty, we are going mean, to... I just... Bernadine had a, a vision this morning or just the scripture she was reading and it just tied into so much with what I'm sharing this morning. Um, how many of you enjoyed just learning about obedience? Uh, how many of you have been transformed with, by learning about obedience, applying obedience, and then God brought in joy, and he said, you can't be obedient and wise without joy. And so, so often we try and be obedient and wise, but we don't look joyful. <laughs> we look like sour, obedient people. And... Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and, and actually, in a way, it's hypocritical. Jesus said, don't be like those guys, you know, who publicly, you know, walk around and pretend that they are the most holy because they're the most obedient. But, but just, just, just be full of life. I'm, I'm really paraphrasing to, to the, the, the most basic language I can. But um, I, just, I just have a sense that God wants to take us further uh, in this and in terms of just an understanding of who we are as a body, who we are as a church, who we are as the temple of Christ. And how many of you know we are the temple of Christ and the, the, the temple of God? God has built us together as a church to be the temple. And there's something specific um, in that. So I'm going to start off here in 1 Corinthians 3. Uh, verse 9 and the context is Paul is busy talking about his leadership and the Corinthians church and the fact that they were bickering about whether they should follow Paul or Apollos and and Paul is talking about the fact that there is one foundation and that foundation is Jesus Christ so whether you build uh, build on the foundation of Christ does that make sense and so I want to take that into us in the church and kind of, this is Sermon 2.0, you know, after the offering, kind of, kind of bring the offering service sermon into this as well, because it's important that, that we understand that everything we do is an act of worship. Everything we do is unto the Lord. Everything. Not just Sundays. Not just our worship on a Sunday. Okay, so it says, for we are fellow workmen. This is 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9. With and for God, you are God's garden and vineyard and field under cultivation. God's building. God is building you. You're a garden. You're a vineyard. You're a field. You are God's building. Turn to the person next to you. Say, I am God's vineyard. I am God's field. Say, I am under cultivation, baby. <laughs> Say, I am God's building. Okay, turn to John 2, verse 19. Keep your finger in 1 Corinthians 3. John 2, verse 19. Keep your finger in 1 Corinthians 3. You've got to have paper Bibles, guys. Paper Bibles are the best. Real Bibles. Okay, the Word of God is breathed through.
through paper wrapped in leather. Okay. <laughs> okay, and it says, Jesus answered them and he said, I'll destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up again. So Jesus was building something that replaced something and you became that something. You became the very temple of God because Jesus tore down his own body and it was raised up again. But at that very time, the physical temple of God, which was the law and the tabernacle and all of that stuff, that system was torn down so that there could be a new system, not just a new system, a new way of life. Does that make sense? Okay. So G Jesus is looking and he's, the, the disciples are marveling at, at how amazing the temple is. And Jesus says, I'm going to tear it down. And in three days, I'm going to build it up again. Now for us church people who've been in church for a long time, we hear these things. We go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. I know that. I know that. But we've got to embrace what it means to have what is on the outside torn down so that what is on the inside can be built up. I want to emphasize again, we, I want to go back to two weeks ago, three weeks ago, speaking about joy, speaking about joy and obedience, the fact that it is only in God's presence, it's only in the house of God that you can find joy. And, and remember what I said, joy makes the heart Glad, right? And out of a glad heart flows good things, which is happiness. So the world looks for happiness. Where? Outside, with things, with stuff. And the more stuff they need to make them happy, the more they need. And the less the happiness lasts. But if you go to the house of God, you have joy. And it transforms your heart and your heart becomes glad. Glad is a condition. So God's joy conditions your heart. Out of your heart flows happiness. Okay, how many of you have got the picture? Okay, so we have to take our eyes off things that we hope will make us happy or glad. We've got to put our eyes in the house of the Lord. And then our heart is conditioned and out of it flows things the bible says it's better to give than to receive which means there's more happiness in outflow than in does that make sense the bible also says the joy of the lord is my strength so whose joy is it is it your joy or god's joy god's joy okay i'm gonna finish off today by just tying us up in strength again and bringing us back to that place of joy. But to do that, we have to establish the tabernacle, the presence of God amongst us. We have to realize we have become the temple of God. And I don't mean like, hey, don't get a tattoo. Why not, Dad? Because you're the temple of the Lord. I don't mean it like that, okay? How many of you heard that? Okay. 
So it's good anyway, but there's nothing wrong with, I'm not even going to go down that road. But, but that was the only good reason, that, you know, because you're, you're the temple. But actually the scripture is so much richer. It's not speaking about whether you must tattoo yourself or not and, and how you must behave in public. It's actually talking about you hosting the very presence of God. And it's actually talking about the church as a collective. The church as a collective is the very temple of God where his presence is. Someone say amen. Is that good? And it says, according to the grace, I'm back in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10. You are God's building. According to the grace of God bestowed on me like a skillful architect and a master builder, I laid the foundation and now another man is building on it. But let each man be careful how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay other than that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ? So, Jesus Christ is the foundation. I want to go on one more verse and then I'm going to come back. And it says, but if anyone builds upon the foundation, whether it be with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw. Okay. So what's happening here is Paul is talking about them building the ministry, about them building the kingdom, about being forerunners, about them being apostles. But then he's also speaking about physical things like gold and silver and wood and stones and hay and straw. And I just saw in that as I was reading that he's also talking about the things we are busy with on a day-to-day basis. The businesses we run, the things we do outside of a Sunday. Anyone do anything anything else than attend church on Sundays? Can I just see? Show of hands. Okay. So, So I just felt the importance in this, that even what we do outside of a Sunday service must be built on the foundation of the revelation of Jesus Christ in our lives. Can someone say amen to that? Okay, so I want to challenge you. Whatever you're doing, whatever business you're doing, whatever business you're running, wherever you work, may it form part of a service to our world that is built on the foundation of the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Anyone in the room not have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is? Can I see anyone in the room who does? Have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Has he stirred your inner man? Has he given you word? Has he given you prophecy? Has he pointed you to how you can bring something meaningful to the world? So that whatever you do, whatever you build, may you build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Okay? Is that good? All right. Now I'm going to tag a little bit onto Justin's sermon from last week. And he spoke about the mercy seat and coming into the place of mercy. So anyone here last week who heard them? Justin says he was here. I'm really glad that he was here. Really grateful and thankful to you guys as well. 
Justin messaged on Saturday before Sunday, are you guys okay? Can I preach? I'm like, yes, you may. <laughs> All right. So it says in verse 10, according to the grace. So I want to take just the revelation of what the mercy seat is and just expand on that and just expand on where it is now. See, the mercy seat was something that only the high priest could approach. Only the high priest could approach the mercy seat. And Justin was saying, come to the mercy seat. But in reality, you couldn't come to the mercy seat. Only the high priest could go and offer an offering of atonement. A bull for himself, a goat for the people. And then he had to take bork flace and beer's flace. And he had to go in there and there was smoke because if he saw the mercy seat, he would die. So he's like... <coughs> You know, and he's, he's, he's trying to, you know, sprinkle the blood on there, but he may not see at the same time. And so the mercy seat was hidden from his sight. But Jesus is something different. He is light. And I, I love, like, if I just want to be encouraged, I read John 1 over and over and over and over and over again. And I just love that phrase of, of just the recognition and, and just, just the, the fact that John was there and he said, there it is. There is the light that has come to illumine every man, that has come to shine on every single person. And so John goes on and he says, that says that the law of Moses could not could not bring to, could not bring, uh, let me just read it rather, I'm just going to hash it if I, if I, if I don't, if I don't read it here first. Um, it was John one uh, seventeen says, for while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And I want to say this morning, grace and truth is the new mercy seat that we can approach. The mercy seat in the Old Testament cannot be approached. But grace and truth can be approached. Not only that, grace and truth approaches us. Hello? John's saying, there it is. There is the light. Light, say this with me, it's like a science formula. Light equals grace and truth. <laughs> light equals grace and truth. And it shines on us and it illumines us. It reveals us. It does the opposite of what the mercy seat was. You see, some people still like the old concept of the mercy seat. They love it. Why? Because they don't have to come out into the light. There is a place that is in curtains somewhere, that is hidden, and God does something in secret, and my secret sins are forgiven. Praise the Lord. Amen. But actually... Jesus wants to shine his light on our hearts. 
He wants to reveal our every action. He wants to reveal our every work so that nothing can be hidden, that everything is exposed. And a true believer says, I want to step out into the light. I want to be examined over and over and over and over again. Did David say, test me, know me, God, and you will see that my heart is pure. And so every believer should be saying, come on, God, show me, prove me, test me, reveal me, shine your light on me. In my Bible, in John 1, I drew a picture of a man and a light shining. Because that's what grace and truth does. Grace does not cover up. Grace does not heal. Grace always exposes, lifts up, and reveals. And if you want to step into grace, you've got to say, I want what's inside of me to be revealed, to be shown exactly what it is, full of God, full of his life. That's John 3, actually. Can I read that to you? John 3, what's John 3.16 say? Can I hear it quickly? Say it out loud. But have eternal life. Okay. 17. Make it safe and okay, good, good. All right, all right. Very important in this church. We believe in John 3:16 and 17. God came to make the world safe and sound. Okay. Verse 19. Anyone know 19 off by heart? No, no, no. Now you're guessing. Okay. For the basis of judgment, yes, you are right. <laughs> Justin, Justin is reading, he's reading there. <laughs> the basis of the judgment, say, say with me, the basis of the judgment is that light has come into the world, but people have loved darkness rather than and more than the light. In fact, if we go a little bit back in 18, it says, He who believes is not judged, but he who does not believe is already is judged. Because he has not believed in and trusted in the Son of God. Oh, okay, what? When? What? What, what about Judgment Day, people? What, what about Judgment Day? What? what? No, it... Grace and truth comes, it shines, it finds God. <laughs> but if I'm hiding in darkness, I am judged. Okay, so verse 20. For every wrongdoer hates the light and will not come out into the light, but shrinks from it. Now I'm praying that hearts will open. Justin's prayer is important. May our hearts be softened and not closed to the word of God. May our hearts beat with life. May our hearts not resist the light of God's word. Someone say amen. So every wrongdoer hates the light and will not come out into the light, but shrinks from it, lest his works be exposed. 
Lamb, the ministry that covers lamb is called nothing hidden. Nothing hidden. But he who practices truth comes out into the light so that his works may be plainly shown what they are. Wrought with God. And then importantly, divinely prompted, done with God's help, independence of him. I want to say this very clearly. If you are hiding anything in your life from anything for whatever reason, you need to come into the light of God. And people are held in bondage because they think they can hide things, even from their wives, from their spouses, from their colleagues, from their friends. God is saying, come out into the light so that your every deed may be exposed. Hello. <laughs> there is freedom in coming out into the light. There is only judgment in darkness. Someone say, that's a good word. Back to 1 Corinthians 3. So that's the grace. According to the grace and the truth. Verse 13. The work of each one will become plainly known. For the day of Christ will disclose it and declare it. Because it will be revealed with fire and the fire will test and critically appraise the character and the worth of the work each person has done. I remember as a kid singing, fire, there's a fire, there's a fire burning in my heart. And the fire comes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh God, this burns. <laughs> People meet me always, they say, hey, what's your name? I say, I'm Daniel. Oh, you're in the lion's den. <laughs> your friends are in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes fire sometimes like fire is good when you let it cool down and you can put a rum steak on it but fire does something it burns up that which is not from God it always does that so if you're Heart of joy, happiness, if you're drawing happiness from things that don't come from God and God burns it up, happiness gone. Oh, don't know what happened. And then it says here, if the work which any person has built on this foundation, uh, sorry, let me just say this. 1 Corinthians 3 if the work which any person has built on this foundation survives this test, he will get a reward. But if any person's work is burned up, he will suffer the loss, but only as one who has passed through fire. So I've encountered people who are like, oh, I've lost everything, but by the grace of God, I am alive. 
and they're not realizing God's saying, I need you to just go back and think about the things that were burnt up. Go back and consider your ways, says the Bible. You're alive, yes, my grace is, you're alive, but only just as someone who has passed through the fire. If your works were built on the foundation of Christ, they would have survived the fire. Okay? Listen, I'm not preaching punitively. I'm not preaching backwards. I'm preaching forwards. This means that I want us to consider our ways going forward. Consider the works of our hands, the things we do. When the fire comes, will it withstand? Because the word clearly says, when I build on the foundation of Jesus Christ, it will withstand the fire. We've got to have the kind of attitude that says, God, I want you to test the works of my hands. I want you to test the works that I do. Because I know that if it's not from you, it's not going to last. It's not going to stand. Father, will you come and transform the way I think about the work that I do? May it be built on a foundation of who Jesus Christ is. Because it's going to be burned. You know, it's, this, this, I'm going to go there now now, but in Psalms, I think it's 84, it says, Better is one day in the house of God than a thousand elsewhere. Do you know what that means? It's better to be tested daily by the presence of God than to spend a thousand years building and lose it all. Does that make sense? I would rather spend one day in the courts of God than a thousand in the tent of wickedness at ease. Does that make sense? So we go, we think, oh, here comes the fire, here comes the light, I'm going to go into the dark. It can't find me here. It's comfortable. And you're building something that doesn't last. It's better to be tested daily. Better, say this with me, it's better to be tested daily. Come on, I, I love aviation. I, I, I just have a passion for it. I, I grew up thinking I'm going to be a pilot. I was just like, I wrote to the flight school. I said, how, you know, can I do this? You know, is there a sponsorship? Is there something? They wrote back, said, play the Forex, boy. <laughs> then I'm like, okay, fine, thanks. Thanks, Mr whatever you are from flight school, so-and-so. <laughs> God said, you're going to be in the ministry. Don't worry about that. But what I love about aviation as well is not just the flying. It, it's the way everything is tested. The way that when they build something, they build it and they test it to fail. They test it to the point of breaking so they know that it is safe. 
And sometimes grace and truth feels like pressure testing. They take those wings and they bend them up to the roof. Have you seen your plane's wings bend like this when you're flying to Cape Town? Like boom, 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 boom. When they build them, they test it, they bend them all the way up 1.8 times what they're supposed to experience. Sometimes until the wings snap off. Then they know, ah, that's the breaking point. It exceeds our expectations. And if you allow your life to be pressure tested by grace and truth, you will find that it exceeds your expectation. But if you're hiding, you're never going to get tested. And one day it's going to break and you're going to go, and now? What? Huh? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Being broken in darkness is hope deferred. How many of you want to be tested in the light? How many of you want to be broken in darkness? No? No one here? <laughs> it's better to be tested in the light than to be broken in the darkness. It's better to have your faith tested. Consider your ways. Okay, 1 Corinthians 2. God, now you're like, how, how? What must I do? Now, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12 says, Now we have not received the spirit that belongs to the world. We haven't received the spirit of darkness. We haven't received a spirit of fear. We haven't received anxiousness and, and all of these things. But we've received a spirit which is from the Holy Spirit, who is from God, that we might realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts of God so favorably bestowed upon us. Come on. God is like pouring out his gifts this light is a light that shines and it comes freely and it just pours out on us. And all we have to do is receive it. Say, God, I receive it. I receive this, the spirit of God that comes. I, I receive a spirit that, that is not from this world. And we turn our eyes off of the world and we look to Jesus and we allow him to fill us. Let's turn to Psalm 84. Then we're going to end there. Blessed are those, Psalms 84 verse 4. Blessed are those who dwell in your house and in your presence because they will be singing your praises all day long. Blessed is the man in whose strength is in you. Say strength. Come on, where does strength come from? There we go. Strength comes from joy. All right. Passing through weeping. I'm going to pass through there and go to seven. Verse seven. They go from strength to strength. Increasing in power. Each of them appearing before God in Zion. Each of them, each of us, appearing before God on a daily basis, 
in God's presence in his light as we go from strength to strength to strength to strength to strength. All right, we start off with little by little by little by bigger by bigger getting bigger master plan bigger strength to strength to do you see how it works but at each step you've got to say God will you test this step at each step you say God I'm appearing before you in Zion and I'm not going to take one more step I, I know this has been massive I know this has been amazing this was a major victory moment, but I'm not going to take one more unless I've presented it to you. And God comes and he shines his light on it and it's like, wow, it's full of God. And you go, okay, the next step, boom. You guys see it? Do you see the picture? This is what obedience looks like. This is what joy looks like. This is what wisdom looks like. This is what life in his presence looks like. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper and stand at the threshold in the house of God than dwell with the wicked at ease. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows grace and favor and glory. And, um, and no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly say that with me no good thing will God withhold from those who walk uprightly God's not withholding any good thing from you when you walk in his presence and in his lights is that good amen let's stand let's stand together and receive that So Jesus, we just thank you that we can come in your presence and we can receive every good thing. Lord, and I thank you that I never have to disqualify myself from your goodness. I never have to count myself as not worthy of receiving your goodness. But Father, what I receive, I present to you. And I ask, Lord, in my heart, that you will come and open up the secrets of my heart, that you will reveal my every step, my every action. Lord, that you will test it with your word. Lord, that my own words will be refined with fire, purified 70 times over. So that, Lord, what I speak will be more of you and more of your words. Your word says life is in the power of the tongue. And so today I want to speak life. I want to speak hope over my life. But Father, I thank you that your word this morning says we will go from strength to strength, strength to strength. And may I never be afraid and hide from you, but may I present myself in glory to you. May I openly present myself to those around me, to my wife, to my husband, to my children, May I be a vulnerable, open book of God's goodness so that I can declare his glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just before we go, Bernadine just saw Jesus. 
you know, and, and as he had, it was, it was the, the um, Mary and, 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 you know, her clan, and they, they went to the tomb, and obviously they came and they found an empty tomb. And she just had an experience that said, this is my love for the body. And as I just sat and thought about what Bernadine was sharing with me this morning, I realized the body was, had become pneuma. It had become spirit. It had become spoken word again. And as that body became spirit, Jesus' body became spirit, a new body was born throughout the earth. And these three women that went up were the first people to experience what it felt like to be the body of Christ. Completely new, completely transformed in that. And so that's what God wants to do. And it was just a declaration of his love for the body. God loves the body. He loves the tabernacle that he's building. And we're all a part of that. That's so good. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages.